You're listening to Club Management. I'm your host, Shannon Dawson, and on this show, we chat with artists, industry professionals, and DJs on how they're changing their communities through music. You can listen to the show on any of your favorite streaming platforms like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. And this is episode 36. Episode 36 has arrived, and big shout out to Kadala and Ben Steelen on SoundCloud for following. Ben Steelen, that is a really incredible username, and I need to think of a, a better one on there. Um, and I see that the pod community is also slowly but surely growing on Instagram. So thank you to all of our new followers that are over there. Um, and here goes another huge feat in club management history. We actually had someone write into the show for the first time. Uh, and if you're interested in writing in for the show, our email is clubmanagement212 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. But the question that I wanted to bring to the pod today was this idea of being in a, a creative funk, right? Especially in this time when we're all at home, we're feeling restless because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, this person was asking, what do you do to get yourself out of that creative funk? And this is a great question, because to be honest, I had one of these moments this week where I really had to try to gather all my energy to devote to my projects like this podcast, or even, you know, my the things that I've been doing on Twitch. Um, and I was just going through it. There was a point where, or there's been multiple points throughout this pandemic where I'm on a high, I'm getting things done. And then I'm on these series of loaves where I just don't want to do anything. I like to call it the high low syndrome. Um, but you know, I, I just want you to know that it is absolutely okay to feel this, especially during this time where, you know, you're being bombarded with a lot of negativity. It's not always easy to stay high and on top, you know? Um, It's interesting because I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine who was saying that during these moments, he literally just leans into it, yeah? Like, he goes and does something completely different. He travels. Obviously, we can't do that now, but um, that's a a source of uh, a source of, uh, rejuvenation for him. And then he comes back inspired, you know, uh, to, to attack all the things that he was doing previously. So my advice to you is just lean into it. If you don't want to do that project right now, do something else, you know, do something else, watch Netflix, binge watch Netflix. Cause we've got a lot of time right now. And literally those ideas will begin to spark from you. Just letting your mind reset and rest. I mean, I've definitely, definitely been a testament to it where I've been like a week of not doing, where I've seen like a week of not doing anything progress into something incredible. So reset, rejuvenate, and don't feel bad about not being able to create at the moment because you will when the time is right, you know? So thank you so much for that question. Now, for today's show, we speak to someone who also knows what it's like to fight through creative adversity and break ground despite opposition. And she's been putting on for female artists and black talent within electronic music for years now. Enter Frankie DeCaza Hutchinson, one of the founders of NYC-based collective and talent agency Disc Woman and a nightlife organizer and activist. With Frankie at the helm, Disc Woman has showcased and represented a loaded roster filled with female producers, artists, and DJs, ranging from six-figure gangs Fazia. to 
Bergsonist. The label started in 2014 and has grown to produce and curate over 20 events in different cities across the globe. And towards the tail end of 2019, Hutchinson began to work on another passion dear to her heart in community work. The busy music curator began retracing techno's historical roots within Detroit in celebration of the genre's influence on today's younger generation of artists, pushing the legacy of the music forward. Named in reference to the Drexian mythology and futurism, Dweller, the six-day celebration, showcased a wealth of black talent and last year celebrated their second showcase until COVID forced the industry to shut down nightlife. As we wait when we can return to the dance floor, Frankie joined me on the pod to chat about what she's been doing during this time, why black lineups and inclusivity within the industry matters, and her plans on growing Dweller. Uh, but yeah, I am super excited. I do this podcast called Club Management because I'm interested in music and about mm-hmm. you know, people and what they're doing with their communities. And when mm-hmm. I listen and see your story, you are like the perfect example of someone <laughs> that has change their entire community through music so thank you for oh, coming thank you so much i appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah so I want, to start, <laughs> I want to start the the interview off with just asking how are you because this has been a really rough year and almost a year since dweller yeah it literally is coming up to it's almost black history month isn't it yeah um uh <laughs> how am i doing i'm all right <laughs> thank you for asking i'm okay like um, it's just like, I just feel really honestly grateful in like so many ways. And I think it really, you really start, you know, after this kind of, you really hone in on what you appreciate mm-hmm. and like it, you know, the bare, the bare minimum things are just really something that I don't take for granted anymore. Yeah. Being able to eat, having a roof over my head, having friends, having mm-hmm. family, you know, I haven't, um, I haven't like experienced like uh, a familial loss in the way that others have. Like mm. I feel very, you know, grateful in these ways, but you know, that's, uh, it's also paired with just like such a tragic <laughs> setting. I don't know. It's really conflicting, honestly. Mm. And I just like have tried this whole year just to stay as like mentally stable as possible. Mm. And, um, yeah, that's been its own challenge as well. I mean, I honestly just really, really miss the rave and miss partying and yeah. miss New York and the city that we love. And it's just, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a lot. There's a lot of grief in this way too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, that's okay. I've been yeah. also going through these waves of like, um, I don't know what you call it, but like, yeah, these waves of highs and lows and, yeah. um, you know, especially coming back to the city. And then like, I came back to the city last year around the same time as Dweller. So I was oh, like, awesome. I'm so excited to see that, you know, the, the, the scene is yeah. still vibrant and then COVID hits and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> no, exactly. It was so full of promise. Like we were like, yeah, we're going to take over the world. And then it yeah. was like, no, you're not, babes. we had a little bit of a wake up call but you know it was like so just powerful like having that be the last really like big party experience uh Mm -hmm. for a lot of us and 
um, it just started meaning so much more, you know? So yeah. grateful for that, but also just like, can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes. And I'm yeah. so excited to talk about that. But before yeah. we do, I want to just backtrack because not only are you this mastermind between, uh, behind Dweller, but you are also a huge part of Disc Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about that. Um, you know, how did it all begin for you really? Um, well, Disc Woman started in 2014 at Bossa Nova Civic Club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Emma, Christine and I, who are also the co-founders, like saw so many women, like uh, DJ producers in the community who just like weren't being put on or represented. So decided to make an event during attention to that. And then from there, it kind of like just spiraled into something bigger. And then we built an agency and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're still doing it. Or we're not really doing it at all at the moment, but we were <laughs> before the pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's like, that's been like, you know, an invaluable experience, like for all of us, we've learned so much and there's been highs and lows and, you know, and during this time, it's been a really good time to reflect on everything that we've done. Um, and we were going so fast and doing way too much in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. But also, like, you know, I'm proud of a lot of things that we did, too. Um, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's just crazy to think about that chapter, honestly, in a time like this. And, like, the sort of speed to which you're doing things in this industry. And, like, mm-hmm. um, the momentum around everything and the competitiveness around everything and, mm-hmm. like, all of these factors that were just so normal in us doing these things. But like, when you take a step back and you look and you're like, wow, like we really like, it's good to like slow down and kind of do things like more intricately. Like, I think there's, you know, I think we were kind of sort of under a lot of pressure to sort of prove so much as Mm. a collective that represents like, marginalized people and like in that I think you sometimes like kind of lose care of yourself and others in this respect Mm -hmm. and I think like we it's good for us to like take a pause and think about how we want to move forward and um, use our platform in the most productive way possible Um, that said like I'm just I am so grateful for being able to do that and being able to do something creative like for work and being like having the opportunity to like work for myself has been like something that I've really enjoyed. Um, How old were you at the time when you began Disc Woman? Oh God. (laughs) I think, I think 26. Wow. Maybe 26, 27, 27, maybe. I think 27, 27, 27, 27. Yeah. Have you, have you like stopped to really like revel in that? Like, damn at 27, I started this thing. Um, yeah, I mean, it is. It is really crazy <laughs> in so many ways. And like, but I'm also like, I'm glad to stop for a second in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot. I think we really need to change a lot of things in the industry. Like, right. it just sucks that uh, marginalized artists have to just push that so much harder for opportunities like we constantly had to prove ourselves and like 
constantly having to like prove that this artist deserves to be on this bill, etc. Right. Like it can be sometimes degrading work, like in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. it needs to change. Like yeah. and you see the same, like mostly white people getting the same opportunities over and over again. And to see this kind of repetitive nature of the industry, like it is corrosive to your mind. Mm-hmm. And I have become quite jaded by it, I think. Um, so, you know, I it's hard to like feel really excited about going back to something right. like that when you kind of are like, wow, this actually is really fucked up. Like the way in which we have to like sell ourselves to get jobs and work and opportunities. Awesome. Um, so I'm really hoping it can, this time has like been a pause for everybody and we can like, you know, things will shift. I hope somewhere. so too. You yeah. Know. Yeah. I um yeah, I got hopeful there for a quick second when you know everybody was doing the black square thing and uh, <laughs> showing their solidarity. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm actually pretty hopeful, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's despite me saying this kind of like you know, jaded stuff or whatever, like I do actually like believe there are so many great people like pushing it forward and like mm. I think through this kind of the black square period <laughs> like a lot of it actually unified a lot of black people as well the black artists in the industry which were otherwise so competitive with each other like because that's the way the industry was built but now i think a lot of people have built bonds in this time and i think that is actually what could really drive it forward a lot right. um is that i think a lot of black artists have each other's backs now which i think is really really nice and i see it a lot um so yeah i think there's like a lot of i think it can really be a lot better actually um i do believe there has been some really concrete shifts in the way that people think about think about music think about the consumption of music think about the industry being white and like really look, taking the time to look and analyze because things were moving so fast before like Right. nobody really was looking really you could easily just forget right but i don't think the conversation has like kind of stopped since it started mm, um that's very so true. like i yeah that's really exciting to me um i think so i just don't want to go back to working in the same shit as before i basically. don't want to either yeah. yeah i don't want to either and um yeah. I do. I love, I've been watching all the stuff that um, like uh, Ace Mo, Mo Moretti with House of mm-hmm. Alter they've been doing with those compilations. Exactly, that was yeah. powerful, you know, yeah, to have precisely. all those black artists on one uh, uh, compilation and just like mm-hmm. killing it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. People like that, precisely, like that's our community and that's like so fucking cool, you know? Like, <laughs> wow, I feel really like, I don't know, I feel really moved to be a part of a group and network of artists who are that like outspoken and like powerful and like unapologetically black and just like making music and talented and like it's just so vibrant to me like and I think that that could really lead the next like when we right. when this shit is over <laughs> I don't know when that's <laughs> you know what I mean I hate saying this but you know what I'm saying yeah yeah like when we when we restart <laughs> things I don't even know how to phrase it but like yeah. hopefully when it's safe for us to all go back let's put it that way I hope so too um, um I think that will come 
I hope so too. And I just, all this time I've been thinking about ways on how that could happen. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we would love for some of these large scale festivals and large scale clubs to bring more people of color on board. Um, But, and I know this is not an answer that can be, you know, kind of sprung out of nowhere, but you know, how does that, how does that work? You know, like how do we, get that change within these establishments. It's something that I just haven't yeah, put a finger on, you know? I don't, I don't know either. Hopefully guilt and shame will help work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's honestly what I think will happen. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll just be too embarrassed to come back with just like all white people on lineups again. Though I don't know, like honestly, it's really hard to say. Mm. And I am hoping people have more integrity, but I'm also just hoping that like black people do more of their own shit, you know, Mm. like, um, and I think there will be more room for that. I don't know. These are all kind of hopes, honestly. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. I'm kind of, this is, I'm kind of like have this kind of fantasy in my head that things are going to like just shift and we're all going to be on the dance floor and it's going to be, all black lineups all the time blah, yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my post-covid uh, world yeah. um well i mean I other mean, people are invited too but just yeah <laughs> no it's gonna happen i think so um yeah because artists are starting to see like hey this wasn't so fair before you know especially yeah, I mean, now that just... you've had time to kind of sit and think about it um yeah but you are doing that with dweller essentially you know you are creating yeah. this utopia for black artists to get paid for the work that they do and feel valued and respected for the contributions that they bring to the music world which mm-hmm. i so appreciate and um last year i got a chance to attend your talk with um uh with deforest brown jr oh, and i think it was cyanide so yeah, yeah so i don't think you remember me but i came up to you and i was like shaking because i was like oh, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's so sweet. Uh, oh, wow, I, that's awesome. There was a point where I was at Vasa for uh, DJ Swisher and Kush, uh, Kush mm-hmm. um, uh night. Uh, the opening yeah. night, that was great. Yeah. yeah, I had to like go to the corner and just kind of like shed a couple of tears. Oh! Like, There's so much power in this, you know? <laughs> that's so cute. That was a really powerful evening. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I'm so happy you got to see that. Yeah. yeah so now, awesome. how did dweller become into existence um dweller yeah i mean you know i was kind of late in my not late in learning in terms of understanding techno and house being a black music you know Mm, me too um yeah (laughs) it's quite relatable story i think (laughs) and um so since kind of learning that i was like this is crazy like kind of got obsessed with this like people need to know this and i thought about so many ideas of like how you know possible ways of like bringing this to people and like educating people about this and like um, I became one of the bookers at Bossa and um, I was booking Ash Lauren and she um, said that she wanted to play at Bossa in Black History Month of 2019 and I said great and then I was just like we should just do a whole week of things and that's kind of just started building events around that basically and then it became a week-long thing Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that was it. 
<laughs> and then we went into our second year and kind of turned it up a notch and you know this year we were going to turn it up even more but not we're not now <laughs> oh no so you wouldn't i was going to ask um would you think about taking dweller into a, a you know a digital digital approach to dweller but you don't foresee no, doing that i'm really not into doing a stream of it honestly. that's okay but we're we're gonna do some um some like stuff on the blog for black history month and mm. maybe just like reflect on last year a bit um I, you know, like I'm not at all, like I respect those who want to do streams. And I think if people like get something out of it, that's great. Right. Um, I think personally for me, it just, I just want, I, I don't want Dweller to be that. I would rather just wait and have the party be in a physical thing when we can do it safely. Right. And sort of like reserve that experience and just like keep it that way mm -hmm. um yeah and just keep on blogging until we're <laughs> 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 we sick of blogging i guess <laughs> <laughs> we've made every take possible let's just <laughs> no that's okay um, you know i'm hearing that from a lot of artists is that you know some yeah. of this live streaming is just one it's not so profitable and two it's not it's nothing her. like right yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Nothing like being in front of an audience and actually playing, you know? Exactly. And, uh, and I don't think anyone ever thought it would be that, you know? I think <laughs> it's just like, I think people are just really burned out. And I think like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, get, I just get sad for artists, like having this as the other option sometimes, but it just mm. like doesn't compare at all. Right. Um, but, but, you know, like also that said, like people have had such really fun experiences doing it too, you know, so mm -hmm. it really, um, yeah, it's a mixed bag. And like, I, I really respect people just sort of rolling with the punches and like being resourceful and like that can be in the form of like doing a stream or like, you know, or if that's the way people can still be in touch with like DJing and that art form and like, then stream, like play your music you know what I mean like I think that's really beautiful too um mm. I yeah I just think for Dweller we just want to like yeah it almost feels like I don't know yeah I think I just would rather make space for like words and uh, imagery right. yeah of course yeah. yeah um but you've been you guys been doing a great job with the Dweller blog I read it almost every day um <laughs> And uh, there are a couple of uh, articles on there that I really enjoyed. The one that you did about the business techno industrial complex, and just <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you like that. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun. You know, and to be honest, um, I am pretty fortunate in my music journey right now that I have not mm -hmm. come across too many, you know, tough situations and really callous people. But to read this article and to read about what really sometimes goes on in those inner workings behind the scene, mm -hmm. it's frustrating and it's, it hurts. It does, yeah. it does hurt. Yeah, um, so you know, so to hear about you going through this and then, you know, to break it down and say, hey, listen, what the hell is going on? Yeah. It's huge, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of these people are just so full of shit. It's like, <laughs> it's exhausting, honestly. It's yeah. like, I don't know how you, like, I don't know. I'm just so sick of some of these. And the thing is, is that, like, as an agent, like, I deal more with 
the dick hairs than most people do like or maybe an artist does to some extent right because i'm like in email correspondence with people who are just like kind of the worst so <laughs> a lot of my experience is shaped this way like i don't go to parties as much like i'm not at the events i'm like mm. in the email box so right um yeah i just think a lot of these people are full of shit like honestly mm-hmm. yeah. and it was uh, nice to have an opportunity to tell them that <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> and that's really what it is <laughs> that's basically what my article was about yeah <laughs> yeah that was good um and then i really love the interview that you did with um with lsd xoxo it was really great yeah my sweet <laughs> yeah it was really fun i love yeah, it yeah so <laughs> um also d Diggs did a great interview uh, not interview yeah. but rather an article yeah. about uh the yeah. school oh my god yeah, i love that she did that whole thing mm-hmm. and the thing is what's so great about that piece is that like firstly it came from d who's wonderful and secondly um is that like a lot of these things are like there's so many call outs you know and like you know this place is cancelled we hate this place but like there's rarely any like follow through or like reflection on like why we didn't like this place. What could we have done differently? Like, how can we prevent this thing from happening again? And that's why I really liked about this piece. You know, mm-hmm. it gave really like direct like instructions on how like, you know, clubs can prevent these kind of things from happening again. And mm-hmm. like, that's what I think is really important and um, how we can all improve and be accountable for things and make spaces safer instead of just like this place sucks like let's okay, well, why does it suck like what can we do and yeah i really appreciate her taking the time to write that yeah yeah it was really good it's 2021 and i know we're all looking to commit and start that thing we always said we're going to do last year For me, my new year resolution was really taking my podcast to the next level and to connect with all my listeners from different parts of the world. And you know what? I'm happy to say I'm smashing my new year resolution all with the help of Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout gives me a ton of resources to see where my listeners are tuning in from and how many downloads I've gathered from every episode. And I don't even have to break a sweat because they distribute each podcast to all of the major audio platforms for me. They also give you a great looking podcast website decked out with embeddable audio players that you can share literally anywhere. Buzzsprout also helped give me suggestions on what gear to use for my recording setup and ways to create the best sound for the podcast. So what are you waiting for? Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. And bonus tip, Head over to the link in my show notes to sign up and let Buzzsprout know I sent you. You also get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan too. Happy podcasting, people. Um, I want to shift gears here for a bit and talk about, you know, what happened at Unsound Festival because Mm -hmm. I got a chance to actually watch the interview and I was really uncomfortable. (laughs) Let me tell you, (laughs) I was very uncomfortable. And I want to be honest, I really do not like the way the moderator handled it when you asked the question. I think she was really rude. I really yeah, do. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, not that many people would say that it wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, the, that was the sort of almost silver lining about it was that like everyone could see, you know, it's not like me just like shouting into the cloud. No, like this is objectively like terrible. 
Um, you know, yeah, I, I think what sucks about that kind of thing is that like, I had already said that I found some of the questions like problematic before the panel started mm -hmm. and that was ignored basically. And then I knew I was going to be thrown into the deep end. Like I was, I knew this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when it like did happen, I was just like, wow, like, it was actually like almost worse than I thought it was going to be, even yeah. when it didn't happen. Right. Um, and you know, like Unsound is like a festival that I love very much and I've been twice and the organizers I've worked with multiple times and I love them. I still love them a lot. And um, they've like given, you know, they've been, they've been really good at listening. And even after the event, like they were great too. And um, so like, you know, even through that kind of thing, like I feel like we were able, they were able to learn a lot through this too. Um, mm. But still like this kind of thing, like shouldn't happen. There should be ways to avoid this kind of thing from happening. Mm. Like I'm like the only black voice on this panel, like, someone needs to support me like yeah. in some way against like these <laughs> relatively <laughs> richer mostly white voices it's just like and you're just gonna be like what do you want to what talk about it then what's like yeah wow you're gonna leave me out here like this <laughs> yeah, it was really just the way it was like, really crazy the way yeah. that she flipped the question and expected you to be the one to you know like yeah have some sort of yeah. solution for this problem <laughs> like yeah it's, i mean it was really yeah i know just like oh it's just me to figure this out like it was horrible oh, i mean the funniest part about that thing is that like i had already planned to leave early mm -hmm. but then it looked like i left early because <laughs> of the panel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then i loved that it looked that way it was great timing for me because it looked like i stormed out but i actually i would already planned to make i already had planned so <laughs> oh my goodness um <laughs> did, did she apologize to you afterwards she did yeah i mean it honestly that bit gets just like really long but it wasn't an apology I thought was good enough, but mm -hmm. sometimes I just like, I just, you know, cut my losses, move on. Like, this is not a person that is an ally to black people. Right, right. That's what it story, is. Really, yeah. There's nothing you can really do about that. No, I'm, I'm not going to try and keep on changing you. Like, you just weren't there when I needed you to be there. And right. you still like are trying to make an argument for why. It's crazy. Mm, crazy stuff yeah, um, but I'm sure you've had so many highs in this incredible journey that you've really painted for yourself and so many others um, is there one event or I don't know one festival that you had a, a hand in playing in that you really say like damn I'm really proud of myself and I did this um <laughs> I mean I you mean planning? I mean, I don't play, so. Yeah, uh, planning. It's so funny because I thought you were a DJ at one point. I know a lot of people think I'm a DJ. Yeah. No, I don't play any. I don't play at all, no. But <laughs> it's very confusing because <laughs> it, it might as well be one, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, I would say that, like, 
Dweller has been like a really huge highlight for me, but also like so many events that like we've done at Bossa have been great. Like that's mm. just like such a home turf and like a place that's been so formulative in like, is that a word formulative? I think so. Yeah. And <laughs> and <laughs> <In>, like <laughs> my experience so I just feel really thankful for that space um and I feel really nostalgic for it too so yeah like those are definitely my favorites beautiful yeah. um what's happening with Bassa at the moment or is everything just okay or planning- oh well it's just um closed for the foreseeable future um mm-hmm. it's not closed down but it's shot. Um, And I guess we will see how things turn out. I mean, I really just don't, this year is not looking great, let's be honest. And uh, yeah, I really have no idea what what it's gonna look like by the end of this year. Like, and if every place is gonna make it through, I don't know. It's just sad because before this happened, like New York was really climbing to like a nightlife peak. Mm-hmm. once again which I feel like it hadn't been at, in years like yeah. maybe over a decade or something like this mm-hmm. and it kind of was just like getting to a place where there were like so many club options and like and we'd really worked hard to cultivate like a new like party scene and it kind of just now it's had a hard reset so mm-hmm. It's really, yeah, I, I just don't know what's going to be left, really. Oh, yeah. that makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm sad. I can't not be sad, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No, I, I, I encourage you to be sad. That's do it, you know? Yeah. It's almost yeah. like you're, like, grieving the loss of a person, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is like that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, everything's going to be okay. Um, are you, what are your plans coming up next? I know you, there's not so much to look forward to at the moment, but, uh, (laughs) well, I've got some stuff to look forward to. I, you know, we're doing the blog and we recently received a grant. We're going to be, um, doing a book, um, around, uh, black rave culture. Um, I can't spill too many details yet, but that is in the work. So that's one of my biggest projects for this year. And I feel really excited about working on a book. So, yeah. <laughs> and you got, you were also in Black Futures too with uh, Kimberly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So awesome to be a part of that as well. Awesome. Super cool. So, well, I'm so excited that you you took some time to speak to me and I'm, yeah, really honored to have you on the show. Really, really, really. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really nice. Yeah. If people want to follow you and, and find out where you are, where do they find you? Um, I mean, you can find me over at Frankie Fat Gold or Dweller Forever, both on Instagram and Twitter. We're coming out of the interview between me and Frankie DeCaza Hutchinson of Disc Woman and Dweller. Honored to have her on the show. I mean, the show is all about community within music and she truly exemplifies and amplifies this message. Like, I'm so honored to have her on the show. She's been doing this for years here in New York City and, and internationally. So very honored to have her um, share with us her story. And please, I have a whole article about um, her, her involvement in NYC's nightlife scene down below that I'd love for you to read the Afropunk, 
Um, just incredible stuff, you know. We should aspire to do that kind of work and that level of community-based work in our lives. And I really hope that when things do restore to some sort of normalcy, that I'm able to um, provide that kind of help with her and, and all the amazing things that are going on here in New York's music scene and, and social activism scene as well. So thank you so much. Uh, if you'd like to follow Frankie, I've got all her social media info in the comments below. And please stay in touch with Club Management. We are at club underscore management on Instagram. And um, I'll have the rest of our socials in the comments below as well. Or actually you can visit our link tree. We've got everything all our Facebook, all the direct links to our socials so that you can follow us as well. And please, you know, this is a one woman show, like I say in all my previous episodes, but please support club management. If you can, your donations will really help us to take the show to the next level and produce some better quality, um, episodes for you. So please visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash club management one to donate if you'd like until next time.